is so important, this is just relating to one another. Um, I've asked Adele to come up because she's just shared a story with me which is absolutely wonderful, but it kind of illustrates a lot of what I want to just talk about this morning as well. So Adele, tell us about the healing that has taken place for you. The thing I love most about the, this is that it didn't happen with other people involved, it was just you hearing God's voice, and I just want to see that happen more and more. And I believe when someone shares something, faith can be imparted into our lives and God can then take it to using us and it happening to us as well. So Adele, please. Hi. So I'll just start with last year in October, I slipped a disc in my lower back and I was on ACC for about six months and about was it three weeks or a month ago, I'm not sure, um, I was uh, re-watching one of the episodes of The Chosen um, because I fell asleep the last night, so I was watching it again, um, and I felt the Lord say to me, um, I want you to get up and walk around the sofa, and my first thought was like, oh, you know, I've just sat down from work, just want to sit down and watch this, I do not want to get out of my chair. And so I went around the sofa, walked around five times and sort of thought, oh, I think God's trying to heal my back. And so I go around two more times and felt quite a shift and the pain just left out of my back. And I then uh, was sort of like skipping, a light skipping sort of around the uh, dining room. And I thought, hmm. The real test will be um, if I can do some heel raises, one of these sort of things. And um, so I went round the side of the, the bench and I, did, well, I did about 10 and by then I was sort of jumping up and down and dancing. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. So, no, no, stay, stay, stay. Just a little bit more, Adele, a little bit more. A little bit more. So, so then you decided, it uh, might have been the next day, or, or then you went down to, you decided to go for a walk. And, and oh, no, that was the same day. Same day? Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll walk down to see Michael. So, um, so it's from about Sequoia down to Northwood um, New World. And so I was fine getting down there. Usually I could only sort of go from our place just over the bridge. Um, and there's like a little chair there, so I'd sit there for half an hour before I came home. So yes, I went down to see Michael, and uh, we sat down, had lunch, and sort of talked about it. And um, then I walked home again. So and there was, I am still getting muscle pain. So anyone want to pray for my muscles? They're still learning how to get there, but all the pain's gone from my back. So yeah. isn't that just utterly amazing? Thank you. Is there anything else you want to share? Oh, yes, one more thing. <laughs> okay, so when I was coming home from um, seeing Michael, I really felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to kneel down, put out your hands, and sort of say thank you to, oh, sorry, kneel, my, kneel down, put up my hands and say thank you. And I was like, but there's all these cars going past. I don't want people to see me. And so I was like, hmm. So I waited so there was less cars. And then <laughs> As you would. <laughs> and 
then so I got down on my knees, um, put my arms out, and then I looked up to the sky, and it was this beautiful blue sky. It was like the sun was shining. It was just really, really beautiful. Yeah. God is good, eh? I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you, Adele. That's really, really cool. I'll just turn it off. Six months in pain, and then... I love the battling God. God, I don't want to walk around the couch. You know, I don't want to walk. I'm, I'm tired, you know. I love that. That's the realness of life, hey. And then, and then to do two more. Does that remind you of anything? Seven times around something? Do, what is it? Jericho. Jericho, yeah. I said that to Adele. She goes, yes. It, that, she never thought about it. <laughs> but she did seven times around something and then suddenly healed. You know, we can hear God. We can hear his voice um, often. We may miss it at times, but God can speak to every single one of us. Is that good news? Yes. Hey, a man died and he phoned the newspaper to play, or was his wife phoned the newspaper to place an obituary. And she said, this is what I want to print. Brian is dead. So the man at the newspaper said, look, there's a minimum cost of $45 and you can put six words up and that's only three. So she thought about it for a minute and she said, print, Brian is dead, Toyota for sale. <laughs> Wouldn't it be incredible if that was the sum total of what our life amounted to? You know, got a car for sale because <laughs> he's gone. I think God wants a whole lot more impact from every single person's life. Can I get a yes and amen for that? Do you want that in your life? And, and, you know, I think we do. I think that every one of us wants to make an impact in our families, in, in where we work, and, and our whole life to make an impact that people will go, oh, what a life lived well. And making an impact is really coming to do what God wants us to do and be who God wants us to be, and then our life starts to make an impact. And spiritual growth... And advancement in, the, in, for, in kingdom things happens by these three things, by us abiding, by us beholding, and us being filled. You know, John chapter 15, you'll know this verse. I am the true vine, uh, and, and you are the branches. He or she who abides in me, and I in them, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Now, heaps of Christians don't believe those words, that I, without Jesus, we can do nothing. We think, oh, no, that's not true. You know, I, I, I can do all sorts of things. In fact, I can even help God out if he's slow. There have been some tragic examples of that. Remember Abraham. But abiding with God means that we will hear his voice We'll be attentive and listening to him, and it comes by the Holy Spirit. Abiding in Jesus comes still by the Holy Spirit in and around our lives. I like to think of the Holy Spirit as God's, the, the, the God, who, the executive agent of God. It's kind of hard to talk about Trinity, isn't it, without trying to say it's three distinct things, and yet we know it's three and yet one. But the Holy Spirit is on the earth. He's never been withdrawn from the earth. 
The scriptures seem to say he will be withdrawn from the earth one day, and it'll be during the, the end, time, end of the end times. It'll probably be when the church is raptured from the earth, and none of us want to be on the earth when the Holy Spirit's gone. It's not going to be a nice scene to be part of. But he's the executive agent. And Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 had that previous scripture up there, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We are children of God. That means it shows when we're hearing God's voice and led by Him, we're seeing Him or catching something He's communicating to us and being led by Him. When you go through the Gospels, I, I meant to count, but I didn't actually do it, but all, on every second page, it says, Jesus, led by the Spirit, was led by the Spirit here. Jesus, led by the Spirit here. And we're supposed to continue that, hearing from God, knowing what it is. And it comes firstly when we abide. If we will spend time with Him, worshipping Jesus, worshipping Him, revelation starts to come as a result of that abiding. But secondly, spiritual growth and advancement comes by beholding, by seeing. Maybe it's these eyes, or maybe it's what Paul calls the eyes of the heart, where we sense more than see that the Spirit is amongst us. You know, I see it at times in the church here, especially during worship, when all of a sudden there's just something that just changes. And there's this, this kind of, I don't hear it as a sound, but it's like there's a whoosh. This just come through. Sometimes there is a sound because sometimes we've been worshipping and all of a sudden we've gone from this level of volume to that level of volume. And I'm, sitting, I'm standing there going, what just happened? I'm sensing something taking place. Everyone's sensing something taking place because all of a sudden someone, God, turned the knob up and his presence has just arrived in a powerful way. This scripture goes with it. God's manifest presence. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, now the Lord is the Spirit. See the correlation there? The Lord is the Spirit. See, the one God and yet distinct. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And man, we've been in an atmosphere for three days where there is incredible freedom. Am I telling the truth, anyone that's been at Hanma? Yeah. Just amazing freedom. It's like, wow, what an environment to be in. And we, it goes on and it says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So friends, if we want to do significant things for God, there's nothing more important than spending time with him and going after his presence. In other words, abiding and seeking his presence because we get changed and our spiritual capacity and our spiritual understanding of what the ministry we're supposed to do gets imparted to us, often through prophetic words or words of knowledge. Sometimes just by direct revelation, God will place something upon us in that way. But also, spiritual growth and advancement occurs by being filled, or I should say, refilled and refilled and refilled. It's like having a plastic bottle. You drink all the water. What do you do then? No, we fill it up again, don't we? We refill, we refill. And that's the, the tense of the verb when it mentions being filled with the Spirit. It is filled and refilled and refilled again. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, scriptures you know well. 
but you will receive... Oh, this is just an example of being filled from a few years ago. Notice Caleb there, standing very proper and straight. Well done, Caleb. But when the power of God comes, sometimes people end up on the floor like this. got another one. And there's Morris who started it all off. Miriam, apologies I didn't let you know I was going to show a picture of him before putting it up. Um, but you're probably in the, in the photo there somewhere as well. And just God's power just coming over the Hanma folks. That was 2015 that one's taken from. Just go back, back one and I'll read that scripture out. Um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the end, very ends of the earth. In other words, you're going to travel. You're not going to stay in one place. You're going places. And then in Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There's this filling, and with that filling, often there's a sense of power and even a demonstration of God's power that comes. So abiding, beholding, and being filled will often look messy. And yet... It brings in an environment of this incredible freedom and incredible love where you just go, I love being in this environment. I could stay here. You know, we closed the meeting one night and no one left. Feel like getting up again and going, okay, folks, it's over. Because people are just engaged with one another, with the Lord. There's, that's what happens. It's such an amazing experience to be where the freedom of God comes. You know, people often wonder, though, if there's a correlation or a link between manifestations and all sorts of funny stuff, anointed stuff, but unusual can happen, and significant ministry taking place. Is there a correlation between these, these times when we're praying for people and impartation happens and they fall on the floor and, and uh, they may speak in tongues, um, they may have power come upon them like Carl, where suddenly bang and they're crying, and really significant ministry that takes place that affects others. And it can affect a pool of people, or it can affect, affect a city, or it can affect a nation, or it even can spread and affect the whole world. And the answer is absolutely there's a correlation, but not always. Now you might think, oh, John's just having a, a you know... A, a, a bob on each horse or whatever, you, however that saying goes. But sometimes people who are powerful in God have absolutely no manifestations. Caleb was having no manifestations, but he's powerful in God. John Arnott was the man that God used to bring the Toronto um, blessing through. He said, you know, one day I thought I felt my finger wibble, wobble, wibble. He said, that was it. That's all the manifestations that have ever come upon John Arnott. But he prays for people all over the place, and all sorts of things have taken place over the last 30-odd years um, as people have been impacted greatly. I remember the um, guy in Toronto, uh, in, in Pensacola, I can't think of his name, prayed for a friend of mine who was there, Pastor Peter Foster. And Peter just, 
um, he, he, as soon as he laid his hand on him, he was making his way to his car. He, what he had to do each night, because there was so much happening, he would be there all night, uh, but he was getting, if he, if he stayed, but he was making his way to his car, so he was just walking through the crowd, just touching people, and people were falling all over the place. And you wonder, is that, is that real? Is that happening? He touches Peter, and Peter just zooms backwards and whacks into the wall and crunches back down as the power was going, and eventually he got to his car, hopped in, drove home, went to bed. God's still working, but his physical limitations of this man were that he was heading home. But it gets messy. So some people have almost no experience of any manifestation at all. Others have huge experience of manifestation. But usually when God's manifest presence happening, happens, anointings happens. Often there'll be shaking or falling or tongues or laughter. And some people embrace it and others get turned off by it. Many of you who are over 45 years of age can remember times when Baptist churches fought each other over whether this was allowed in a Baptist church or not, even if it was God. Today there's still a small reserve um, that some people have. Some people will say, oh, look, I'm more into the word. I'm more an intellect person. I'm interested in study and, 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 and using my mind. Uh, and I'm more keen on ministry and evangelism than shaking, for example. As if we can stand above God's word and pick what we would like. But some people try and some people do. But power for all of the roles comes from the Holy Spirit. And God wants to put word and spirit together. And he wants to fuse the word and the spirit it's not, oh, I'm a spirit person and I'm a word person. No. If you want to make a kind of impact that God intends for your life, you need word and spirit. We need the brightest people understanding what the word of God says, studying with, with um, degrees and masters and PhDs and powerfully touched by the spirit of God. They make incredible people. So don't go for one or the other. Jesus said this, the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father's looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And you know, if Jesus said that we can actually do nothing of significance, I would add in to try and explain that nothing, nothing of importance then we need God's touch upon us and is empowering to accomplish significant ministry. Let me give you a couple of examples. Nicky Gumbel, what's he famous for? Right. It's the most widely used, successful evangelism and early discipleship course that has ever been on the planet up to this point. And Nicky is an ex-lawyer. In other words, he's well-qualified. He's extremely bright. He's endowed with a lot of intellect. But that is not the reason that this course is so successful. It was necessary, but he had to have a touch of God upon him before Alpha was ever, ever started. And Nicky went to Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, Vineyard Fellowship. 
before writing the Alpha Course. He went to where John Arnott was and his teams were praying for him. He went chasing God, and God put word and spirit together, and Alpha, when it was formed, has gone across the world for 30-something years. God wants truth and spirit fused together. Let me give you another one, and that's Heidi Baker. Now, Heidi is a living legend. Her story is they went for 12 years to Asia, and then she went to do PhD in, in uh, England, and after she'd done her PhD, she went to Mozambique. Intellect, 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 powerful, amazing, intelligent woman. But God had to put his spirit powerfully upon her to do what he wanted to do in Heidi's life. Her church promised her a million dollars to be able to go and build an orphanage in Mozambique and they would resource her to at least the tune of a million dollars. And that was her vision and that was the church's vision, but it was way too small for God's vision. God's vision was way, 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 way multiplied more than that. And God's vision began to start in Heidi's life when she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when the church heard that she had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, they said to her, Heidi, you need to renounce all that, otherwise we will not support you and we will not give you that million dollars. And her husband, Roland, and Heidi, after probably a lot of prayer and thought, said to the church, you can keep your million dollars. We're going to Mozambique, and we're going to trust God. And that was 1995, I think it was. Wow. And I heard this story from Randy Clark uh, as he told it one night when I was listening to him up in Auckland. And, and God's vision for Heidi was so big, she needed significant impartation from his spirit. And Randy said that night he preached a God must be first, God, God uh, more above anything else in your life. Um, he preached that kind of sermon. And before he'd even finished preaching, Heidi ran to the front and, and the Holy Spirit fell on Heidi. And if, I think on one of these there's a quote. Because that night um, that Heidi makes, if you can find that one, that would be helpful. But on that night, Heidi was just saying, God, I want you, I want everything that you've got for me. I, I will pay any cost that's necessary at all to be able to see the ministry happen. Holy Spirit falls on her. Eventually, they close the meeting, and they can't get Heidi up. She's just completely out of it. Her husband, Roland, picks her up, carries her to the car, takes her home, puts her to bed, and for seven days, Heidi did not get up. She was impact. Normally, when people fall under the Spirit's power, it's for five minutes or 20 minutes, and they spend this time just, just resting, just communing with God. Some people fall and immediately get up. What just happened? Pretty silly thing to do. It's better just to cooperate with God and just rest until it's over. But Heidi had seven days, seven days under the power of God. The longest I can remember someone being under the power of God was that we were, um, uh, Ray Comfort was preaching. Good old Ray. And he preached a great message, and a young man in that, I was a youth pastor, and one of the youth just screamed and ran out into the night. And we found him later in the night out on the field of the camp where we were. And we, we, he was kind of in a trance. And so we 
carefully brought him back in and, and prayed with him. And late into the night, he started to kind of come back round again and into things. But Heidi stayed for seven days because God was adjusting and empowering and preparing her under the strange stuff. You think, what, what difference does it make if you shake or if you speak in tongues or if some electri- electricity goes through your body? Is that all it's about? No, it's about the ministry that can come out of your life as God's adjusted thing, things on the inside. So in 1995 her ministry began, and they began with nothing, but within months they were given an an orphanage. Can I say that again? Within months they were given an orphanage. You're not not excited about that. She was going to get a million dollars and spend her life to get this this ministry of an orphanage. Within months she was given about 80 children and given an orphanage. She could have got to heaven if she had said, oh, church, I'll, I'll... Put the Holy Spirit to the side. I want your money. I want your support so that I can have a great ministry and look good in my life. And people will pat me on the back. And she would have got to heaven. And God would have opened some doors to Heidi and showed her the resources that he had for her. And there would have been terrible agony and incredible tears. Who knows how long Heidi would have cried in heaven if she had gone for the church's plan and the best that she could dream up instead of God's plan. She got an orphanage within months and 80 children. And then her ministry expanded to include well drilling and free health clinics and feeding programs across the country and primary and secondary schools that got opened. You see, God said to Heidi when she was on the floor in Randy's meeting, do you want the nation of Mozambique? And Heidi said, yes, God, anything I'll go through anything that your will for Mozambique can take place. Primary and secondary schools that have been started. Cottage industries for the poor. They've planted, and this is from 2012, 5,000 churches in Mozambique. Jeanette's planted three, and praise God for that. But she's poured her life out in three churches. I planted none. Heidi's planted 5,000 and 8,000 worldwide in 20 different countries, all linked to this ministry that God began to just flow through Heidi Baker. It's amazing, amazing. She's a legend. She's in thir- her ministry is now in 30 nations of the world. Did she need one day under the power of the Spirit? Would she have been able to contain and hold what God... And she's ministering into Muslim villages and a Muslim nation and the Muslim people. God has given her a ministry where they see almost 100% of people who are deaf or hearing problems healed. So what they do is they go into a village with... Land Rovers, because they get rocks thrown at them. They get real opposition. But they go in with, it with, with loudspeakers and Land Rovers, and they call the sick, and they pray for the sick, but they especially call for anyone who's deaf. And everyone gets healed, and the, the village turns to Christ. Is often the, the outcome of what takes place. Wow. Is there a correlation between shaking and power and words and really significant ministries? 
What about here in New Zealand, the well-known story of Sprayden Baptist and Murray Robertson? Wow. 1987, John Wimber came to New Zealand. And Murray Robertson, is, along with myself, he, I was in somewhere else in the room, but Murray, I never saw it, but friends of mine saw it, and Murray was impacted by the Spirit of God, and for 20 minutes he rolled on the floor across the aisle, and then he rolled back again, and then he rolled this way, and then he rolled this way, and he's rolling on the floor for 20 minutes under the power of God. Friends that knew him were laughing. This is Murray. Very respectable Murray. And he's rolling on the floor. So what was the outcome of God doing something that seemingly is very humiliating to him at that time? Well, Murray came back and brought the Holy Spirit in a new way and power to Spraden Baptist. And that opened the door wide. And community ministries began to be built there that have, have sent, lasted the, the length of time and they have grown incredibly large. The Arahura Medical Center is one of those. Stepping Stones Trust is another one of those. And they employ hundreds of people here in Christchurch working into the the mental health area in people's lives. Kingdom Resources was another one where interest-free loans across, across the body of, um, within churches, across the body of Christ, uh, helping people and budgeting. And, and, and there was a dream that one of Murray's intercessors, Murray says there were probably three women that he credits as having been so impactful in his ministry. They were intercessors who prayed for him. And, and an intercessor um, had a dream where she saw the church uh, was, uh, gave birth to twins. And one of the twins was all this community ministries that was growing at, at that time in, at, here in Christchurch. But there was another uh, baby born, only it wasn't easily seen. And she shared that vision with Murray, and that gave Murray the confidence to believe that God was in it, and he launched Faith Promise Giving for Missions. The church was already under a, a, a giving program for, for the church with normal tithing coming into the church, and he challenged his church to give money for missions. And every year, Sprayton, um, or now Southwest Baptist, has given hundreds and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into missions, and it allowed a whole other child to grow up where missionaries have gone to the mission field from Sprayton for years and years and years. It's kingdom stuff, kingdom work. You see, these weren't the best ideas of men. These were God-inspired ideas that came from heaven. We're formed for kingdom works, not soulish works, not our best idea works. We're told to pray, may your kingdom come, just as it is in heaven. Let it happen here on earth. And that's a prayer not only that God would inspire us to think of things that need to be done, but also that he would use us in the accomplishing of those things. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And he doesn't feel any need to keep us happy. He falls upon us and he empowers us and he changes us. And it's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, just like Isaiah says. And he builds us, and he builds our capacity. One of the things I've really come back from Hanma so aware of this time is that often people know what they're supposed to do in the kingdom, 
We carry a dream on the inside of us, and often it's a prophetic word that someone gives in that environment, or it's a word of knowledge that someone gives in in that same environment that causes that person to change and their capacity to open, and God is saying, go. Go. He releases it just in those Holy Spirit times. A lot of people have said no. A lot of people have said, no, it's too risky. i got this dream, God, and I know you're speaking into it, but no, not me. Choose someone else. But I want to say it's really worth it. You know, I came to this church. I've said this a few times, but I came to this church. One of the motivating reasons that that I am ashamed of, not proud of, was I thought, we'll never have to do a building program. It's got a big auditorium. <laughs> and I remember where I was at um, Parachute Festival when God spoke to me and said, in 2008, and said, this is a great year to raise a million dollars. And my mouth dropped open and I came back and I said that to you guys. And honestly, I am so surprised, you believe me? But we did it. And we've gone through several building programs now with millions of dollars. And the thing with God is he does signs and he does wonders. And a wonder is when you go, how the heck, excuse me, how on earth did that happen? And I quite often wander through this building and I go, how did we ever get this with no mortgage? How did this happen? It's a wonder. It causes you to really think. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's like Adele hearing his voice and going for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'll walk five times around the couch and then I'll add another two and, and I got healed. What a wonder. How amazing is that? You know, I credit two things for, for uh, the building program and the faith that I personally had, let alone your faith. But I, I credit it to impartation times at Hillsong Conference when... Speakers would speak about things God had caused them to believe for, and that happened. And they'd say, does anyone else want faith? And I'd jump up every time, and I'd go, oh, God, give me faith, because I know we've got to build. We've got to have better facilities than we have in this church. And then I, 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 um, the second thing is just learning to hear the voice of God. And I loved it when various ones of you, when I challenged you on the couple of weeks before we actually took up the offering, and I said, would you be prepared to go home and forget all of your decision-making that was very rational and very generous, but would you be prepared just to go home and ask God what he would like you to give? And then people started coming back, and they said, husbands and wives said, can't believe it. God said double the amount we were thinking but we both got the same figure, and when we put it together and realized we'd both heard God, we thought we can't not do it. We've got to see what's on the other side of actually obeying. And all of this is on the other side. And also the blessing that's around so many of your lives is the other side of that decision back in 2008. What kingdom ideas might be whispered from heaven even today over your life if you were to ask God and stay open. Paul constantly prayed that the Ephesians would get it, that they would understand. I've got a great joke about a blonde in a, a 
biker in a blonde bar. Do you want to hear it? It illustrates what I'm saying for you and me. So a blind man walks into an all-girls biker bar by mistake, and he finds his way to a bar stool and orders some coffee. And after sitting there for a while, he yells to the waiter, Hey, you want to hear a blonde joke? The bar immediately falls deathly quiet. And a very deep, husky voice, in a very deep, husky voice, the woman next to him says, Before you tell that joke, I think it's only fair that you should, because you're blind, that you should know five things. The bartender is a blonde girl with a baseball bat. The bouncer is also a blonde. And I'm six foot tall, a blonde, and I have a black belt in karate. And the woman next to me is blonde. And the lady to your right is blonde and a professional wrestler. Now think really seriously, mister. Do you still want to tell that joke? So the blind man thinks for a second and he shakes his head and he mutters, Nah, not if I'm going to have to explain it five times. (laughs) We're all a bit blind and we're all a bit blonde. And God is wanting us to get it about his voice and believing him. Sandra spoke about the promises. It's the promises. If God promises something, we take hold of it. We walk towards it, believing him, not doing an an Abraham and, and having Ishmael turn up, but just believing what God has promised over our life and over our church, and it will happen because God said it. I think I've said enough. Can those who are going to take over and minister just come? Can we stand?